Ravens and Chiefs have agreed on a massive trade, sending tackle Orlando Brown to Kansas City. So I love what they've done. This is a complete, yep. this is a complete overhaul of an offensive line. Trying to win every single game. I'm trying to go 20-0, 19-0, whatever it is. Future is what Patrick Mahomes said, which is 20-0. Yeah, 20-0 made sense. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another Arrowheads Abroad podcast. Um, you've got myself, Neil, and Duncan here this evening. We've been having some technical issues, which means we lost kind of the first five minutes of our podcast and we lost Chris who we were introducing as well um but the other 55 minutes of the podcast seems to have been fine so um I'm going to kind of drop us straight into a bit of a conversation here and hopefully um you can pick us up where we left off um but hope you enjoy listening and sorry for the audio problems uh hopefully we'll be fixed by next week yeah, one thing we talked about last week was Tyreek Hill and the trade. Um, a week kind of displaced from it. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I guess it would have been interesting to, to be on last week. I was uh, on the Holly Bobs last week. Uh, I can't believe I just said Holly Bobs out loud. That's you like, did, oh my, yeah. I hate that word. So anyway, um, and I guess last week would have been really interesting because as. I mean, I think you guys recorded on Wednesday night, which is when the yes. trade happened on Thursday. Um, yes. And I guess it would have been a much more emotional reaction. Tomo in particular. Yeah, exactly. And I think at the time, because I had, um, like I say, I was away uh, uh, with, with the family, so kind of checking my phone every now and again, and all of a sudden the WhatsApp messages have just gone haywire. And I think at the time, it, it, to be honest, at the time it was like, oh shit. What like this is this is it like um like the wheels are off we're kind of we're done as challengers for the moment I think that was probably my initial reaction like this is not the sort of move that real contenders make but I think yeah. now um and to be fair at the time hands up I probably thought we got fleeced I probably thought that Tarek Hill was worth more than. I mean, effectively, you look at the the headline, the pick twenty nine plus, you know, twenty nine and change really. Um, it's not too. We didn't have step. a good bargaining position though, did we? Really? No, and I think that um, obviously, in in hindsight now, I think that we've basically got the only deal that was possible, because the alternative yeah. was holding him to his contract and getting a comp pick for him in the third round, in twelve months' time, yeah, and having an unhappy player for a year. I think was the was the alternative. So I think that, like like you said, I think I have come to terms with it. I don't particularly like it as such, because um, I don't. There's 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 no way, there's no way anybody can spin losing Tyke Hill, even getting six draft picks or whatever for him as as strengthening the team because that that's not true. No, it's not true. But what it has done is given us, at least the opportunity. It's given us potential, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because we've got we've, we've cleared a load of cap space. Which I believe has meant that we don't have to do anything with Mahomes' contract this year, which I guess doesn't sound like a big thing, but what we're doing is banking an extra twenty million or whatever it is down the line for another year. Yeah, see, someone was saying the other day, "Well, what are we going to do with this extra twenty or thirty million cap space if we don't, you know, if we're past the point where you can spend it?" Well, you roll it over into next year is the answer to that, and then we've got twenty or thirty million more cap space next year. And you're in an even better position when it comes to free agency next time around, where you can, 
you know, make a an extravagant splash if you want to. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that um, I, th- I think my position, I guess, is that um, I'm over I'm over losing Tyreek Hill now, um, and looking forward to what kind of what the what the team can be going forward because I think that we I, I was just saying before we hit, hit record I think it's really easy in a situation like this as a kind of positive thinking fan to be quite revisionist about this and to go oh so Tyreek Hill well you know he wasn't he was never a first round player you know or a top five receiver when he came out you know he's you know he was a pretty much a rough diamond and there was you know assorted baggage there and oh the offence was pretty turgid at times last year and you know he was part of that and you know he wasn't getting you know open deep all, all that sort of stuff and to a certain extent that's true but I think it's um, I think that's a bit of a dangerous rabbit hole to get down um, I, I think I just think I'm, I've come to terms with it I'm, I'm, re- I'm, I'm ready to move on yeah, I'd I'd agree to a large extent with a lot of that. I, I'm I'm comfortable with it. I think was the word I used in the WhatsApp group. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't say I'm happy with it because losing one of your top three, top four players is not a good thing. But we we saw it made me think of Eric Berry's contract and what we ended up paying him and what ended up happening there, like. You don't really want to be paying twenty-eight-year-old wide receivers four years, hundred and twenty million dollar contracts. It's just the the move reminded me of the Patriots back in the day, where they they knew when to to cut ties with a player, and they knew not to pay players too much. And you know, if you want to carry on, and they would have picked up a compensatory pick and just let him play out this season. But they knew when to let go of players and. It certainly appears he wanted to go. He wanted to go to Miami. That was his desire. And we had an intro. It's a shame we didn't have last week's podcast because Tomo made a really interesting point about the motivation. Once you've won a Super Bowl, what's your motivation? Like, win another one? Yeah, yeah, I've done that. Or are you looking for money then? And he's in his last opportunity to get a big contract. He had to. He had to go where the money was going to be. Um, you know, I, I can understand why why he would want to go and I can understand why the Chiefs would let him go as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's um that, that motivation thing is really interesting because like but winning Super Bowls is hard, right? Yeah. Really hard. Like you look back at like throw some means at Aaron Rodgers, one Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger, two, Breeze one. You know? Um, it's really hard, right? Yeah. So it's it's not like you just I, I guess because like you think in our football, right? The um, generally speaking, the, the transfer market is very different. The people moving about, the rich get richer, you know. People, the cream gravitates to the top and ends up playing for a sort of a very select few, quote unquote, big teams. The who big tend six. To, yeah, who tend to dominate the the, the sort of trophies. So it, it's very unusual for like a, a real top soccer player to use a comparison to, to sort of you know to, to end his career with no silverware but it's not like that in the NFL it's really hard really hard you think of guys who are sort of the like talked about at that 
like level that Tyke Hill, you know, you're talking about sort of, you know, skill sets and no one else has. So like Calvin Johnson, like, you know, he's, you know, just, just, you know, there's guys that just don't, don't, don't have the rings. So I could, I could, I could really get that Hopkins, point. Larry Fitzgerald, there are two others that spring straight to mind in that yeah. kind of top quality wide receiver bracket that yeah. just never won it. Yeah, really hard. So I could kind of see that, you know, where his point is, like he's, he's 29, this is probably his last chance to get big a big money. contract and he's got really, really big money. You know, so fair play to him, um, yeah. I think, in that regard. I think I've kind of, in my head, I've kind of gone flip flop between. Do I blame Brett Veach for not getting it done earlier or not? And I think that there was some writing on the wall when Christian Kirk randomly got paid, like, whatever it is, 18 million or something, I think his, his deal works out at. You know, and you think, oh, shit, this this has bumped the market a little bit. But the flip side of that is that Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill have the same agent. So, yes. like, there's a lot, like, my in my industry, uh, I work in sort of financial investments, so there's a lot of, the, we call them Chinese walls, where there's information talking about the building, but you're not meant to tell, you know, the person next to you because, you know, well, for whatever reason. And I don't believe that they exist in the kind of yeah. NFL negotiation world. There's no way that he didn't know what was happening. And there's so there's no way that that doesn't delay him signing the contract. Brett Beach can't physically make him sign the contract. If he doesn't want to sign it in February, he's not going to sign it. So... I think yeah, what he was... If he was on a mission to wait and see how the free agency market played out contract-wise and see who went where for what money yeah. and then then make his decision, then we, we were, nev- we were never going to do it. No, and, and I think that what, um, like what would you rather your, your GM did? Would you rather he kept all of the very best players, no matter what, he gave them whatever money he wanted, they wanted, and then, again, players talk, agents talk, people know that the Chiefs are soft touch. You just need to ask for money and they'll, you know, they'll give you it. And that harms then the rest of the roster building. Or, do you, or would you rather have a GM who um, sets, his, sets his limits, says, we'll pay you X amount, however much that's going to be. I've no, no doubt that Tyreek Hill got offered a boatload of money to stay in, you know, with the Chiefs. So they said, fine, if you don't want it, you know, we'll move you on. On a kind so of a, somewhere in the region of twenty three is what yeah. I understand he was being offered. Yeah. yeah. But like, how much of that is funny money? Where, you know, with the deal with Miami, he's got like a fifty million cap it in the last season. Well, sorry, Tyreek, you ain't ever seeing that money. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I, you can call yourself the highest paid wide receiver. Yet, yeah, go right ahead if that's yeah. the title you wanted. Fine, but money wise, you're not you're not gonna get that last bit. No, fine, and he's in. He's still in the AFC, that's fine, but he's gone to a team who are the third best team in their own division. Yes. Um, with with a quarterback who can't throw up more than ten yards. Well, I mean that's the other that's the other um, that's the other point. I, I mean I, I don't believe that unless he moves again, Tyreek Hill's not going to win another ring. He's not no. winning one in Miami. Um, no, not a chance. So um, yeah, fair play to him. He's gone. He's gone and got his money. Um, Brett Veach's got a load of draft picks to, to, to play with and, and a good bit of cap space. And I guess that he um he moved pretty quick as well. I don't know. Would would you guys have been able to speak about um we're gonna to have to call him MVS. Ma- is it Ma- Marquez Valdez Scantling? Valdez Scantling. Yes, nailed it I, first time. 
Uh, did I? Did we talk about? It? I don't think we did. We were kind of bouncing a couple of names around because there's the the kid from Jacksonville as well, Ch- Chavot, LeBron, Chavot or something. Uh, like Ch- Chenault. Chenault, that's him. Yeah. yeah. He was talked about as a possibility, kind of a, trade a late round pick for him. Yeah. Um, I mean, you're not going to replace Tyreek Hill directly, but I think it's going to be interesting to see how the offense evolves now because you don't teams had got used to playing as like you said about Tyree Kill he wasn't kind of beating them deep all the time well teams had adapted so now how are teams going to play as early in the season because they don't know necessarily how we're going to approach things now um you know we signed Ronald Jones are we are we just going to hand the ball off to Jones and Clyde Edwards-Alaire 50 times a game and say if you want to drop two deep safeties back then uh We'll just plough through you for five yards to carry. Yeah. Thanks very much. I mean, I mean absolutely. Like I said, that's um, like I say, without being revisionist. Last season, I don't want to say the Chiefs got found out because I think by then we were still sort of top five offensive efficiency, you know, through the league, something like that. So it was hardly. Um, although I didn't necessarily look it to the eye. It was hardly a, a, a bad season. Christ, we were we're the, we're the third best team, right? So um, yeah. you know, it's hardly a, hardly a bad season as such. Um, but that that sort of that that too high safety stuff was was it was a feature, the whole season, you know, and could yeah. we could we unlock it? And the, the answer was, was broadly no. And Mahomes turned into much more of a, dare I say, a sort of efficient quarterback. Tyreek Hill played as a slot receiver, for a lot of it, you know, taking a lot of short yardage and did it really well. Um, yeah, so you know, while defenses have have, have evolved to kind of nullify some of our threats now we've just got a load of different threats yeah. which which um, I think is going to be really interesting to see how that works out it is possible that this could end up spreading things around well so you're not getting all the targets concentrated on Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey because teams are going to have to pay more attention to Travis Kelsey now so maybe this opens things up for Juju and Valdez Scantling and uh, let's say we draft a top end wide receiver or we trade for one before you know, there's still going to be some pretty talented bodies out there, but maybe Mahomes just spreads it out a bit more now and um, kind of, you know, it, it's harder to defend against as you can't just double Tyreek and double Travis and, you know, single cover against the rest. Because I think while our top-end talent is less, our lesser talent is more now, if you follow me. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and I think that these guys have still got a lot of pace. Um you know, so it's not as if we're we've lost that. And I said to uh, I mean, um, it's not Moneyball as such, right? Because that that doesn't really exist in the NFL. But you like, we can't replace Tarek Hill. You, you can't do it. And I actually think that was it the the twenty eighteen draft in some ways stand us in good stead here, because that was when we tried to replace him, mm-hmm. and we got Michael Hardman. <laughs> you know, I I mean, God love Michael Hardman. This isn't this isn't a Michael Hardman point it's a Tyreek Hill point you know yeah. you cannot replace Tyreek Hill he's got a, no. a, a very unique skill set so hopefully we're, we're kind of one spit and twice shy on that one and we, we know that you can't replace him but doesn't mean you can't get a, like a high end sort of re- receiver to do something slightly different and like you say we might just take some teams by surprise because who's so you double Kelsey as it stands who else do you cover? Do you do you? Is it Juju Smith or is it? 
Gordon. MVS. Yeah, you know, because teams aren't going to know how that how that works out. We've still got Josh Gordon, I guess. Um, well, but in some ways, I'm I'm going to trust Andy Reid on that one and say that maybe he must have seen something. Yes. You know. There's enough to keep him around. Yeah. Um, Gary Dieter. Yeah. Well. <laughs> He's on the roster. It's a team Connell game, right? Powell's it's, it's, on the a te- it's, a, it's a team game. So you're, you're two love interests there, Connell Power yeah. and Gary Dieter. Yeah. Uh, I, listen, it's a it's a it's a team game, um, and I'm sure that's how that's how everyone at the Chiefs will say it as well. You know, um, these guys are not these guys are uh, they're not they're not good by accident. I think uh, iron sharpens iron or whatever it is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting point, right? So. Um, how about a three three tight end set with Kelsey, Jody Fortson, and Noah Gray, uh, a Ronald Jones in the backfield, and Juju o, oh Valdez Scantling as your wide receiver? What are you gonna are you gonna run out of that? Are you gonna yeah. pass? You got three tight ends that can catch there. Yeah, it's, I mean it, it it opens up another set of set of possibilities because I think that well previously we always had that Demarcus Robinson got an insane number of snaps. <laughs> Yes. You know, but sixty-six percent of the snaps. Exactly, but not very many targets, right? So, kind of in some ways, teams know he's a decoy, you know, to to start yeah, with. Yeah. Hardman, um, again, has a very defined skill set. There's but ways team, of using him. Yeah, exactly, and I think teams know that as well. That like he's 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 not getting the, the deep balls that that Tyreek Hill was getting. That's not how Andy Reid um, and Bienemy are kind of scheming him up. So, in some ways. It's difficult to say that a man as fast as, as Hill is kind of predictable, but in some ways, there was a predictability about it. I, I think, and, and obviously teams found a ways to found ways to, to counter that. Mm. With what what I think is interesting now is like, um, I guess we've kind of hit a bit of a lull in free agency, uh, so we're probably looking forward to the draft. And now we've got sort of twelve picks. Was it three or four in the top hundred, ten or something like that? Uh, yes. Um, yes. Something like that. So, say six, six in the top hundred and ten. I think I was six. Six pick is a hundred and three or four. Right. So say. Say we don't do anything. Oh no, as it stands, we've got the two new guys: MVS, Juju Smith-Schuster, Hardman, um, Josh Gordon, uh, Fortson. I guess Jody Fortson's a tight uh, end. Tight end. Um, are you are you happy to just add a rookie to that mix assuming we'll draft one somewhere or would you want another experienced body in there if you could get an experienced body at a reasonable price then yes I'm just going to try and pull up free agency and see um, see what wide receivers Jarvis Landry's one that kind of off the top of my head springs to mind is available how about Will Fuller I mean, he's not healthy that often, but when he is healthy, he's a good deep threat. I think I want Sammy Watkins if you fancy another. Do you know what? I, I wouldn't be against if if we were to draft a first round receiver. I wouldn't be against bringing in Sammy Watkins if he would take a cheap deal at all. Not at all. I don't. I am. Um, I know there's health. I know there's health concerns not about him. But I think you. But get if a he's good... not a number one option, you'd maybe get more games out of him. 
I, th- I, I think so. I wouldn't be against that at all. I think, and I think he'd be a good, you know, a, a sort of a, a good influence and a good bridge between, sort of the the, the sort of coaching staff and you players, you know, to, to help get the the playbook in. Um, yeah. I know that Chris. Uh, I'm not sure if it's in that article he's written or if it's in one of the ones he's he's got another one due out. You know, he's pretty convinced that we're going to to trade away at least one of those first round picks. And he reckons it's for a wide receiver. His his sort of repeated name is DK Metcalf, um, and I know that's a it's a bit of a Twitter kind of rumor. Although we're still not never sure just what the basis of that is. But how would you feel if we went after one of the the big names? I guess it's Metcalf, it's Terry McLaurin, Terry, it's AJ Terry Brown, AJ uh, Green. Um, no, AJ Brown, you're right from the top. AJ Brown, yeah, yeah. Um, how would you feel if we did if we did that? Because I guess that what we saw with the Tyreek Hill deal was that it's not that we didn't want to pay a wide receiver, it's that we didn't want to pay him twenty eight million. We were quite happy to go to twenty twenty three. So, what if we take one of these guys at that level, knowing that it's the last year of the rookie deal? When, when you know, if we want to keep them about, we need to pay them big bucks next year. How would you feel if we went down that route? Um, I, I'm not wild on the idea to be perfectly honest like I um, ju- purely because whoever is let's say we let's say we trade for DK Metcalf right he's already looking at Devontae Adams and Tyree Kill's deals and thinking I want to be on that kind of level well if you wouldn't pay Tyree Kill what he was looking for. Are you going to pay DK Metcalf it next year? I doubt it. And then you're taking, you're basically playing a first round pick to have a one year rental on a player when you could be drafting your wide receiver that you like and getting four slash five years on the rookie deal out of them. So I, I can see the merit to it. Yes, it'd be nice to have another experienced body, but at the moment, I kind of like having two first round draft picks and two second round draft picks because it it gives you an awful lot of ability to manoeuvre around in the draft and get the players that you actually want Um, and you're getting them on the rookie deals so I'd be more in favour of picking up a free agent like your Will Fuller, Sammy Watkins, Jarvis Landry on a kind of on a one year kind of prove it deal kind of thing because the great thing about um, Juju and um, Valdez Scantling, their contracts were very, very team yeah. friendly. Yeah, um, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster's on a one-year deal. I think it's um, it's it's come out. That, that it's about the, three three and a half million or something like that. Yeah, it's his cap hit. Yeah, and the, the um, MVS deal is effectively a one-year deal. Yes, there's a get, there's a get three, out after one for a f- I think I read today that if we we can, we can get it after one for four million in dead cap yes space. that's right yeah so yeah. you know what does that say to you about the long-term plan though they must have one they don't sign these guys to these contracts without without long-term plans so that tells me we're drafting a wide receiver early to me um you, you're bridging I mean for the for both of those two you're saying if you play well this season then we'll keep you and if you don't then it's not going to cost as much to let you go but I think you're also drafting 
certainly within the first two rounds. I don't think he'd go any lower than pick 62 without drafting a receiver. Whether or not you trade up in the first for one or there's a, a couple of them in the second round that you, you might be interested in. Um, I don't know which way around that would go, but you're certainly, you, you, you need a plan B that isn't cut the two of them at the end of the season. Yeah. And I guess, well, um, you've done a lot more draft work than, than I have. Give, uh, by that I mean you've done draft work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so right, just I guess same as we've done in the last few years. We're, we're gonna we're gonna look to do some some draft stuff in the next few weeks and sort yes. of finish up with a a live mock um, in the week of the draft. Uh, but so just just without without going into too much detail, I guess, and giving away too much, just throw some names out there some for some first round and maybe some second round guys that you like. So wide receiver wise, uh, Chris Alave. Um, very good likely mid mid to late first round you see him linked with um, the Chargers quite a lot picking right. at 17 um, quite fast good route runner, good hands uh, Drake London if you're going for a bigger target he's, um, he's a behemoth of a human being um, he's likely to go mid first round as well probably uh, Jameson Williams from I think he's Alabama um, coming off an ACL tear but he's he like would have been wide receiver one if he hadn't had the ACL tear I think so first round oh Garrett Wilson as well um, first round the four of those are going to go somewhere in the first right and then second round uh, you're either looking at George Pickens from Georgia, I think, or Christian Watson. I can't remember where he's from off the top of my head, but Christian Watson, really fast. Uh, George Pickens, much better kind of all-round player. If you're picking a wide receiver in the first two rounds, it's one of those six, I would say. Right. Um, so I guess, well, the talk this, this week has been on offense for Tyke Hill, obviously. Um, is there still a defensive elephant in the room? Yeah, I mean, personally, we need edge rushers. Like, there's, there's no two ways around that. And it is a, a deep, um, a deep edge rusher class. And there's some, some guys that, um, you know, you could draft and you could make a difference. I mean, I, I keep messing around with mock drafts and I keep trading up to about 12 or 13 to get Jermaine Johnson from Florida um, that kid is going to be immense in the NFL, he really is um, and he's kind of like, he's only the third or fourth best um, pass rusher and he's probably still going to go middle of the first round, well he might even go top 10, I don't know And you, you did um, an article on the website about kind of like the, the, the cost of trading up or down yes. and kind of where, where we can get to so what what does that what, what does moving up to the top half of the draft cost us if you're going up to kind of position 10 or so in the draft that's going to cost you both firsts um so if you're happy giving up 29 and 30 um sorry actually i had my my list was the giants at seven because the giants have two picks they pick at four and seven and if you really wanted one of the top players, if if like a uh, Thibodeau, who's one of the other 
top pass rushers. Like if you were looking for him and he slid a little down to seven, two ones and two twos to get to there. Um, if you so you, really, to get you need to, to you need to really love the guy. You need to really for love that. Him, yes. I mean that's a that's a quarterback type trade, isn't it? That one. Yes. Um, if you want to get to about ten, that'll take you both firsts or first and both seconds. Uh, then you'd be looking at kind of Jermaine Johnson or cornerback um, Sauce Gardner kind of region. I know Dave on our our heads group is a big fan of his. Um, Eagles at 15 probably cost you a first and a second. Um, then you could be looking someone like Devontae Wyatt, the defensive tackle. I know Chris, who would have been talking about this if his internet connection hadn't gone there. He's a big fan of his. And the drop-off in talent, according to Chris, from like the top five or so um, defensive tackles, there's a substantial drop-off in talent after the top five. So if you want to go and get those, middle of the first round is probably where you need to be. Uh, Patriots at 21 probably cost you either both seconds or a first and a third. And then you'd be kind of looking at one of those wide receivers if you were going to try and get up there. Because... Green Bay have two picks. They pick at 22 and 28, and they have very similar needs to we do. So you kind of want to get in above them, um, in which case hitting the Patriots at 21. Um, you know, they're always a big fan of trading yeah. down to Belichick and picking up more draft picks. Yeah. And I, I can't help feeling that the Lions picking 32 with the Stafford trade, um, I can't help feeling that that slightly kiboshes us getting out of the first round because I mean what, what, I know this is not a vintage quarterback draft but someone and, will get desperate well exactly to, to, to get a quarterback but how many teams are really going to, to do that and I think once you get past about pick 20 I think I looked which is about the Steelers I think there's yeah, nobody there's nobody wants a there's nobody needs a quarterback so the, the problem we've, we've got is that the teams that need a quarterback are picking too high for the quarterbacks that are going to be available because you you're looking at um, Detroit, Houston, probably Panthers, maybe Falcons, probably Seattle. They're all in the top nine. Yeah. And there isn't really, I don't think there's a quarterback really. Malik Willis, maybe. You one of them might talk themselves into him in the top nine. But beyond him, you could easily see Steelers at 20, maybe. There's talk about Kenny Pickett for them. Um, yeah, but beyond, guess... that, beyond that, there's not really much. If you're, yeah. if you're picking in the back end of the first round, it's because you've already got a quarterback. Yeah, and, and I guess my, my point is, um, what then would somebody want to break, to come up to the first to get, you know, that, that, that we wouldn't want in the first? The only Wait. thing will be is if someone wants to trade ahead of Detroit to pick up one of those quarterbacks so if if a quarterback that they like has dropped enough to, to where we're picking and if they think Detroit will take them with because Detroit pick at 2, 32 and 34 so if they think Detroit are going to take one with either 32 or 34 maybe they want to trade up ahead of them maybe you could get a bit of interest for trading down yeah. but beyond that Anyone else who's sliding, we're probably going to be interested in yeah. anyway. And I think the the draft this year might be quite interesting for us because 
it's always like Bravich is always talked about in terms of these like pockets of players that he likes. You know, he doesn't target necessarily specific players at yes at whatever you know positions. It's more like there's going to be a little pocket available at thirty at sixty. You know, wh- whatever that is. Linebackers we- and cornerbacks, back end of the third round, yeah. kind of pick seventy through to a hundred. And you've probably got half a dozen linebackers and half a dozen cornerbacks are likely to go in yeah. there. So we've kind of got these little clusters of picks, don't we? So a lot of our picks yes, are kind of quite yeah. close, which which could which could totally play into sort of Brett Beach's style, and actually could mean that he could be aggressive with those two firsts, bundle yes. them in to, to move up because he knows that he's going to he's going to hit on sort of two or three players from the little groups that he likes. Yeah. Further down. And and the good thing is like the the draft is deep in the positions that we need, so wide receiver, edge rusher, cornerback, like you're still going to be picking up good players in the third round for most of those positions. So, you know, maybe you go a different direction earlier on, thinking that you're going to get, you're going to be able to still get quality in those positions later on. Maybe maybe you do go defensive tackle early because you know you're still going to be able to pick up. Cam Taylor, Britt, Joshua Williams, Martin Emerson, who are all cornerbacks, they're all likely to go kind of picks 80 to 100. So, yeah. hey, you know, you can get one of those three back there. We've got, what are we picking at? 62 and then 90 and 103. Well, use one of your fourth rounders to move up from 90 or 92 or 93, whatever it's we're picking at, and, and try and get into the 80s. The, the fact that we were just mentioned before, there's sort of so many teams which are. <coughs> Out the first round and out the first couple of rounds, I think as well. Yeah, yeah. You know, we've got twelve picks. There's other teams with loads and loads of picks. Um, there could there could be teams that were that be looking to get in. Yes. You know, t- to do that, and maybe we'd we maybe won't benefit this year. You know, but we can kind of bank some of the picks for for years. Um, for next year. I don't know. I guess I it's mean, interesting. I think my um, I'd said in our in our WhatsApp group a few times that my kind of draft interest was was at a very low peep. Uh, at the moment and I think I think it's picking up as we get closer because I can kind of see where you know the two first round picks I think is really interesting mm. um, there's so many options of what we could do and I, I found it fascinating kind of trying to play out various scenarios like say say Sauce Gardner drops to 12 or 13 like he's one of the best cornerbacks on the board you know do you, we really need a cornerback would you be willing to go up and it would go against what Brett Veach does but it starts getting to the. Route. It's starting to get into the bargain territory there. Yeah. You know, he's a shutdown corner. Corners not really a beach first. Cor- Brett Beach loves a first round corner. He just doesn't love our first round corners. Our f- yeah, yeah, I mean, you look at it. Ward, Fenton, and Sneed last year. Sneed's a fourth. Fenton was a six, and Ward was undrafted. Like, he, yeah. he doesn't spend. That's why I think that third round area is where we're going to end. I, if I was putting money on us picking someone, it would be either. Joshua Williams, Martin Emerson, or Cam Taylor Britt at the end of the third. Um, uh, uh, um, an interior defensive lineman in the first round is a very. So you're looking very, at. It's a Devontae very. Wyatt, Jordan Davis, Perry, and Winfrey. It's a very Brett Beach pick. It is. It is absolutely. And and we'll go to bed thinking, ah, for fuck's sake, I stayed up yeah. till three thirty a.m. Yeah. for this. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah, because. I guess Chris, Chris has done a lot of research on sort of Brett Beach's tendencies and yes. um, what he's done so folk can certainly go and have a look at that uh, in um, 
on our website, arrowheadsabroad.com. I think that what I think that Brett Veach hasn't done, and this is maybe slightly disagreed with some of what, what Chris was saying, is that I still think Brett Veach drafts for needs in certain positions. Like when we thought that we were going, when the Tyreek Hill turmoil a couple of years ago was going was going on, he traded up, he got Hardman because he, he thought it was going to be a hole. The year after the Super Bowl, you know, when we were all set to just run it back, he's like, what do we not have? It's a pass catching, running back. What does Patrick Mahomes want? It's Clyde Edwards there. So we went and got them. So we're kind of drafting for, for needs. And I think that if we look at now, what do we need? Defence. Yeah, I, I think it's wide receiver, though. <laughs> I do. I still really? think... I, I still, I, that, that leads me to wide receiver. Um, We've got so many holes on the defence, yeah. though. Maybe in my head, though, I can't get past in my head that we're not going to re-sign Ingram. And we've got talk of a co- um, James Bradbury coming from the Giants, Giants yeah. you know, for potentially for a fourth, I think, or a, a pick swap somewhere, maybe. Yeah. Um, although there's maybe some contracted stuff because he's quite highly paid. You know, so that certainly, um, that certainly gives us more options. I, I keep saying, I said in my said in our WhatsApp group, if you give me right now Clowney, Gilmore and Ingram on one-year deals, I think we can hit the draft and just go best player available as we go down. Um, yeah. I think that that fills the holes short term I get that it fills the holes with, with first team um, starting players and you can you can draft and it also takes the pressure off the young guys that you draft because you know that they're not, they're not expected yeah. to step up whether we do that or not again they're not they're not massively Brett Peachy moves um, whenever I've been messing with mock drafts which is like a couple of times a day I always the problem I always find at 29 and 30 is that there's nobody I really want. Like the, there's no. Most of the wide receivers are gone, and you're left with like a Traylon Burks, who. I'm not a massive fan of. Like I don't think there's that much difference between him and someone you could get, kind of a bit further back. And the edge rushers are gone. The inter uh, defensive tackles are gone. The cor- the cornerbacks that you'd want in the first are gone, and you kind of go, well, I'm stuck at twenty nine and thirty. Nobody really wants to trade up with me. And you're just kind of going, well, what would you do in that situation? Like, you're, you're just goosed. I, I'm very much a trade... Uh, and normally I'm a trade-down person, but this year I'm actually a trade-up person. Um, and we, we actually... You put the poll up, didn't you, on Twitter about loading up on the defensive line with first-round picks or um, draft a wide receiver and kind of go best player available. Yep. It was closer than I thought it was going to be because I'm going to have a quick look and see what the scores were. But it was like 55-45 last I looked. Yeah, in favour in of... Favor of the wide receiver. Yeah. You, I thought, you, I'd, be, I thought had, I'd be in a significant minority. Yeah, because you had done the mock where you'd got us three first round picks, I think. Um, I did. I, I traded away next year's first and I moved up... What did I move up to? I moved up to like... 12 or 13 and got Jermaine Johnson as a pass rusher I moved up to about 16 with the Eagles and got um, Devontae Wyatt and I took someone like Boye Mafe at the end of the no I got Kalafis, that was it, Kalafis uh, who's one of the other kind of top pass rushers, it's 57-42 in favour of the wide receiver side of things but yeah I had three first round picks on the defensive line this year by giving up I think I ended up giving up like both seconds and next year's first or something like that 
but then you've got you've got a really good defensive line on rookie contracts for the next four or five years, and I'm kind of thinking, you know, you've got to be able to rush the pasture at some stage. And well, I like the idea of Ingram, and I I don't mind the idea of Clowney. I'm not sure it makes us any better than we were last year at pass rush, and pass rush was pretty poor last year. So, you know, Veach said he's going to be aggressive in tackling the defensive line. He's done square root the jack shit so far. Um, so I, I think the draft is where he does it if he's going to do that and be aggressive and trade up and try and get a tackle and a pass rusher. And hey, I, I traded up again and got two pass rushers. Yeah, I guess my only... My flip side to, to that is that if you look at our schedule, it is tough brutal. this year. It's brutal. it's brutal, right? So I think regardless of how good your defence is, you're going to have to score 30, yeah. you know, 10 or 12 times to win games this year. So I think that for, for me, without neglecting the the defence, I, I, I think that you have to, you know, it's almost, it's, it's almost, it's equally as important to make sure that you've got the weapons to score the points. This year, yeah, I there, think there is a good argument to say as long as Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback, load up on weapon, give him toys to play with. I, I can understand that argument, but and I'm certainly not. I'm, I'm not advocating that we get into 54, 51 shootouts every week. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, the old Kevin Keegan will score more than you. Yeah, well, I mean, t- t- listen. To be fair, I, I, I still think that the Rams game that we lost a couple of years ago. Oh, is, yeah, exactly. There's a lot. I mean, we. Like, but it was so much fun, right? And watching it at whatever time in the morning, you were just like, "This is, this is worth staying up for." Yeah, I must be um, asleep after this. Yeah, exactly. This is worth staying up for. That, so, that's what you want at four o'clock in the yeah. morning. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy for a couple of them a year, uh, as long as you come out on the right side of enough of them. Um, yes. You know, so uh, yeah, and I guess that um, I guess it's just so hard to predict at the moment because there's so many ways that we can go. I think often when you've got your half dozen draft picks and the holes that we had you kind of it's, it's a, there's an obvious sort of line an obvious path to go down whereas with so many draft picks we've got two first rounders um, you know a bottle of other good picks as well it's not like they're all sort of sixth and seventh rounders where you're just kind of throwaway guys for the practice squad um, you know we've got enough interesting bits to, you know, to, to make it really interesting so uh yeah, I'm kind of actually, I'm kind of looking forward to to the next few weeks in the draft to see kind of see kind of what happens. I'm just scooting through our WhatsApp group now to see if I can find the actual picks that I made. Uh, here we are. Yeah, very much there, but there. Uh, I had Jermaine Johnson at 13. I had Devontae Wyatt at 16. I had Kalaftis at 21, and then I went Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver at 94. Cam Taylor Britt, cornerback at 113. And good old Smoke Monday, our favourite Smoke Monday, yeah. safety at 233. I don't think I even wanted to pick Smoke Monday, but I would just pick him pretty much every time for the name. Oh, yeah, I mean, that, I mean heads, heads up to anyone who's listening and um, what's my input into the, you know, what's sort of my input into our live draft will be I will be lobbying hard for David Ajabo, uh, fellow, fellow Scotsman, drafting stash, happy with that, and I will just be looking for the cool names. Yeah, uh, there's there's a, a linebacker called Merlin Robinson. I quite like the, or Robertson. I think it is. I like the idea of him. Then I can have Merlin. Um, like last year was disappointing. I, I thought we had a um, I kind of fancied the uh, uh, the St Brown guy. Um, 
Amon Ra. Yeah, Amon Ra at Brown. Yeah, I kind of fancied him last year. He was good. He's a good player too. Uh, he's good. We had him on. I was because I was looking at the draft board that we did for last year's mock draft, and we had him in the third round. I think he would have been a really good third round pick for us. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing wrong with a cool name. Smoke Fundy. You're in. You're yeah. hired. Uh, yeah. I'm. I'm a cheap date. Is what that tells you. <laughs> it's it's going to be fun it's going to be interesting I'm, I'm really looking forward to the draft I'm, I'm fascinated to see how we approach it I mean we did say before we started recording we'd do this so I'll, I'll quickly fire to you okay you're Brett Veach what's your next move like, tomorrow tomorrow what are you doing as it stands uh, I want a corner I want an experienced corner in Um Gilmore, or Gilmore, or, Gilmore or, Peterson, or, or or Bradbury, you know, um, kind of sanguine on the names. I think there's you know, age and fitness concerns over at least two of them. Um, yeah. Money concerns over the other one. He gets paid quite a lot of money, uh, which would be quite unveachy. And I I do want one more experienced edge player because Frank Clark and Mike Dana and Joshua Kendo isn't enough. <laughs> doesn't inspire with confidence and unless we're unless we're going up to get a surefire day one guy in the draft and even then that goes against sort of spags tendencies and um while i would love uh sort of a jazzy young guy you know to, to play in the edge that we could all kind of get behind a, um like a michael parsons that kind of folk hero kind of you know kind of guy um i would love one of them in some ways, I think is is it a waste to go too high to get one because is Spags going to play him? Um, I know that we all think that maybe Spags has to change some of these tendencies, but you, do you keep a guy like Spags around and ask him to change what he does? I'm I'm not sure. No, I don't I don't see that happening. Like, because we were having the discussion the other day in the WhatsApp about the edge rushers that that he's likely to pick or not likely to pick, um, based on like tendency of the past and kind of a weight thing is like 270 to 280 pounds well like there's there's guys kind of 240 250 and i'm i'm looking at them going i like the look of them but i just can't see us drafting them no as long as spags is defensive coordinator and for the next year he is so you kind of you know you yeah. kind of you, know, you, you kind of have to go with that um i mean i guess i'm making uh, uh Josh Allen, the guy from the Jags, he's he moved. Um, I don't know if there's a guy we could trade for in that sort of position. Um, there's not many. There's a few names, I guess, free agents. You've got kind of Bobby Wagner's more of a, a linebacker. Um, Ingram's still there. Clowney, you know, there, there there are names out there that you can kind of that you can kind of get to at least fill a jersey, but. Um, I think I'd want some experience out there. You'd like a good solid pro, wouldn't you? Just to to kind of bring the youngsters along, because you'd imagine you're going to draft at least one cornerback, if not a couple, and you need a kind of a someone who's been there and done it. And I think that I think um, Gilmore or Peterson for me, I think, are give me a one-year deal of either of those two. Um, yeah, I th- yeah, and even just to help a young guy along, because I think that we've. Um, as much as we've not had sort of big names or spent a lot of money at cornerback, we've kind of been good enough there. Yeah. And that's obviously the way that Spags and, and Veach 
and, and ideally approach it is you know cornerbacks just a position where you just have to be good enough and whether I'm sure that having someone like Tyron Matthew as as that voice and sort of captain on the field I'm sure that really helps um, would you bring him back I I don't know I, um, he's not signed um, yet. he's still available I would would I bring him back as would I bring him back as the player yes as someone who spends a lot of time on social media with the Arrowheads of Brother account <laughs> I um, I don't want that nonsense not him yeah. just I just feel that social media will become a swamp when that happens um, toxic yeah a lot of people will need to need to delete a lot of takes um, I, I think for him the player yes I, I, I don't I just can't see it happening it sounds it sounds to me although they've said they never made him a firm offer it sounds to me like they certainly told him where their money was you know what what level their money was at and go, his, go and have a look elsewhere and see if he can yeah his, his number was obviously higher so he's, he's gone elsewhere so I mean I know he's been talked about going to the Raiders or, or whatever and I have no issue at all I don't care where he works um, good for him I really like him I like him as a person you know as a, as a character I love what he did for us um, we don't want to we don't want to employ him next year he's perfectly entitled to go work wherever he wants and I, I hope he gets a, a good job at a good team because I think he deserves it um, and I don't care where that is I would concur with that, definitely. But if he wants to come back for five million, then yes. <laughs> Is that your upper limit? <laughs> no, I don't. I don't know. I, I no. I mean, he's 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 a really good player, and there's obviously something that there's something stopping other teams from signing him. Yes. Right, because there's no way that he's not good enough to be on a team. So whether he, he wants to sit out all these things and wait, sort of a team gets desperate, maybe misses the guy they get in the draft or, you know, something like that. You know, whether he wants to wait for that opportunity and maybe maximise his earnings, um, whether he's got, you know, a part of the country he wants to live in or, you know, the type of team or the length of deal that, that you know, that's in mind. I, I, don't, I don't know. But something is stopping teams signing him. So like 30, 32 teams can't all be wrong, I guess. Um, and that's not a dig on him. It's just an observation. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the other thing as well is if he does sign somewhere else that counts on the um, compensatory picks for next year. Like we've already got a third because of Ryan Pohl's going. And at the moment we're due a seventh for Jaron Reed. Um, but, you know, if someone wanted to go and pay him... I don't know, ten million a year. Yeah. yeah probably pick up a, a fourth round comp pick for next year. Like I, I wouldn't be against that. I, I wish him well. I, I'd exactly as you said. You know, he's he's gone. He's entitled to work wherever he wants. Yeah. Whoever wants to pay him, whatever money they want to pay him, congratulations, good luck. I wouldn't object to having him back. Um, but I wouldn't be going out of my way to get him back either. I think so. It doesn't. It doesn't do much. It, it's. It's also a strange statement to make to it's a, a Justin or Jordan, I get his name mixed up, um, Reed, you know, the new guy they brought in as well. It's a strange statement to make to him, I think, as well, because I've no doubt you brought him in on, you know, good money. So there's a... He's another really savvy um, contract, though. I wonder if I can find him now. Yeah, but he's, he's you know, he's, I'm sure he's been brought in 
and told that it's you know, important to start. Yeah, yeah the, the starting job's yours, you know, and there's a certain authority or you know leadership type role that comes with that. And I think it, it would it's it perhaps slightly undermines him if you bring Tyra Matthew back because you're not you're not bringing Tyra Matthew back to to be quiet and you know yeah. not not to lead people. So I I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I, it's probably a no for me, but mostly just because of the because of the fallout that never do correct, yeah. Yeah. Um, right, we've we've cracked on with nearly an hour here, which I was yeah. quite surprised by. We've done well. Um anything else you want to talk about? <laughs> we've done well, we'll leave that to the listeners. <laughs> yeah, well we we've done well to fill fifty six minutes yeah. waffle, of, yeah. waffle, of waffle. Uh, um, no no I, I mean I, I guess I would just urge everyone to go to the website like you like you said earlier. Um Chris has writing, been writing some stuff for us. I did some free agency stuff. You've done some draft um, stuff, and we'll kind of wrap that up as we go. Um, we'll um, we'll be looking forward to the draft, I guess, unless any any news happens. Um, at which point, yeah. we'll come back to you with a podcast that you might never get to listen to again. Uh, yes. <laughs> like you said, an, an hour of the hottest of the fine, takes. The fine that, no, summer was in his element. Exactly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he he was on an emotional roller coaster because he was thinking, like the Jets were in with an offer, and he was thinking, oh, if we could have had like the fourth and the tenth pick in the draft, oh, this would have been. How could we take the Dolphins? And I was like, no, no matter. Like I was talking to Charles, and he was saying the the Jets were saying two seconds and like yeah. pocket change after that. The, the first and the two first were never on the table, and suddenly Tom was like, oh, actually that's all right then. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah. very happy with the Dolphins now. Yeah. Ah, I missed that one because Tom, Tom was really. Um... He's our Tyler Matthew, right? He's quite emotional. He is. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, he's he's quite emotional and he's quite um, heart on his sleeve. Yeah, there's a, there's been a couple of probably prime time games, which um, I think we had a podcast after one of them where we 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 kind of pulled something out of the fire. But his like it's like a stream of consciousness. Fire beach. Reed must go. Mahomes is you know what's what's he doing? Oh my god, you know the enemy's gone. The enemy's you know and it's it's just like. Excellent! Don't change. I, I, I wish yes, to come on to get, to get that sort of that real excitement. Um, maybe we should think about doing some draft stuff because he loves the draft as well. He does. Yeah. Get, he's, like, he's very keen for the draft. A bit of live draft. Really In fact, I tell you what, we'll we'll get him live once we draft either a linebacker <laughs> or an interior defensive lineman or even a right tackle <laughs> in the first round. Um, I. I do remember the other day when uh, we were chatting and I was saying, like, if we draft a linebacker in the first round, I'm going to throw something to you. <laughs> yes. Oh, no. I mean, <laughs> although, again, another very Brett Beach move. The, the yes. guy will end up being an awesome player, right? But, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's, not, that's not a three o'clock in the morning job. That's not what you stay up till three in the morning for. No, no, no. Anyway, we'll do I, it anyway. Imagine if you put two linebackers at 29 and 30. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, it's funny to laugh, right? But Brett Veach zigs when everyone else zags. He yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, he will, yeah. like, he will draft the guys that he that he thinks will make the team better. And I'm telling you, we're running the ball fifty times a game this season. I'm, I'm convinced of it. Tell you, listen, we'll, we'll we'll talk about it later. Ronald Jones is a good signing. He he's a good signing. He can do things that we've not had. He can he, he can break the line. <laughs> he can run five yards. At well, <laughs> he can he can break the line in a way that we haven't. Had and he's we haven't like he's big man isn't he? Yeah, yes, he's so. Yeah, we haven't we haven't had that for for a while. Um, I think our running backs have 
all been an extension of the passing game really mm. for a little while or this side of bedrock of the passing game for a while and I think he slightly changes that um, he's again. a running running back rather than yeah. a passing running back exactly and it just yeah. again gives 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 the other team something something different to think about yeah you want to stick eight drop eight into coverage and two deep safeties yeah, yeah that's fine but, but also and this is doesn't go for everyone because obviously the, the, the safety came from Houston didn't he but Yes. In, in general, we're, we're taking guys from the Buccaneers, from the Packers, from the Steelers, right? These are guys who are used to winning games. Mm-hmm. That's maybe slightly underplayed, that these guys have a certain mentality and an expectation. Yes. You know, that they're not just coming in for paychecks. They're co- they, you know, they're used to winning games. They know how to win games. They know how to win hard games. Yeah. You know, um, that's, 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 that, I think that's perhaps a... A slightly underplayed theme of, of what we've done as well you know these 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 guys knows what it takes yeah um maybe that's something to look for maybe, maybe that again it's just another 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 sort of thing that, that beach looks at when he, when he drafts or uh, when he's when he's picking up guys but again um makes me happy and on that note i think we'll call it an evening uh, a duncan happy note is always a good note to finish on yay um, right then, so we'll hopefully be back next week, um, technology permitting, <laughs> um, and hopefully we'll get Tom on his emotional roller coaster again for getting all excited about the draft. And he loves it. He loves running back. We'll just get him yeah. chatting about some running backs and just let him go. Or, or McCall Hardman. We could we can drop that in the conversation. That's usually good for a, a five minutes. Done. Uh, right, Dunk. Thanks for your time. Um, hopefully your recovery from COVID goes well there. And, Indeed, uh, I'm, off. I'm off for my ivermectin bath. Yes, you enjoy that. I, I'll <laughs> go with it. I'm going to go get another Jack Daniels. Um, Chris, who isn't here now, but was here for all of five minutes right at the very start. Thanks for your time, man. All five minutes was great. <laughs> Hopefully we'll get Chris back on next week when he can actually fill us in with a bit more depth about some of the draft picks that um, we might be looking at. Um, but for now, from one in to another, we'll say goodbye for now.